Welcome to the In Progress podcast with Emily and Christine. Hi, everyone. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I hope you're all doing so well and so fabulous. Samesies. I feel like it's so crazy. Like we're not necessarily out of practice, right? But we're really getting back into the swing of things for season Mm -hmm. two. And I'm just like, how did we do this again? I know, like we've, we're we forgetting our intro and everything. It's totally, so completely for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but today we are bringing you an episode uh, focused on all things Black. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. You know the vibes. Niggas. <laughs> <laughs> abort, abort, abort. <laughs> I have to do it. <laughs> There's this song that I love. Um, I don't know if anyone else has ever heard it. Uh, it's called Every Nigga is a Star. It's Ooh, an old it. song from the 70s. I forget the um the the name of the person that sings it. I have to find it. But it's so it, it's such a beautiful, weird song. I love it. So if you ever look if you want to look it up, it's called Every Nigga is a Star. It's a very <laughs> interesting song. It's very beautiful. <laughs> it's so funny to me because I'm like. I, that's what they were making back then too <laughs> but it's like done in a very beautiful way it's not yeah. like the way it would be done oh, is it not like a, a rap or r&b song no no it's like a it's like a like an r&b like those you know old old r&b like um you like know melodious. yeah like rick uh sweet should i say rick james or like not rick james eh. oh i don't know i can't describe it you just have to listen to it and let me know if you listen to it because it's very it's quite obscure i think i don't think a lot of people know that song i don't think i've ever heard of it no yeah emily listen to it and let us know it's so it's cute yes yeah (laughs) and then the other song i love for black history month is young gifted and black that song young gifted and black i don't know who sings that i don't i forget who sings it now too let me look it up but this it's also a beautiful song it's been i think nina simone sang it and then um, another singer redid it, but it's a beautiful song and very inspiring and nice. Oh, Aretha Franklin also sang it. Oh wow! I think she has the more the more known version. Oh. But it is a very beautiful song. I love that song. That's yeah, cool. Nina Simone, Nina Simone, and then Aretha Franklin had her own version. Actually, there's a lot of versions. Donny Hathaway had a version. Wow. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. So yeah, those are my two uh black history, yeah, black yeah. history songs, my on my Black History Month playlist. <laughs> the one um the one snippet that always comes to mind. I mean year round, obviously, but definitely in Black History Month is Issa Rae. Uh, you know for everyone black. For everyone black. Always in for yeah. <laughs> that's 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 a vibe. That was a very always. That's 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 a quote. That's a quote for the for the for the moment for a lifetime. I agree. That. Today we are going to talk about a lot of things. Um, a lot of things kind of pertaining to recent media that we'd like to dissect a little bit um, as we round out this month. So the first deals with Daniel Kaluuya. If you don't know him, he's a phenomenal actor. Um, I don't know what he was in before, but he really became popular um, as the main character in Get Out. Get Out, what a moment. 
that was okay. you know, I was in the theater by myself watching that movie like it was a one 10 that out of 10 a mo- what you know my parents watched back? it oh for real they watched it yeah later but they watched when, it when your parents watch a movie that's how you know I mean for us foreign kids I don't know if other people's parents actually go and watch movies actively but like my parents do not go and watch movies unless I buy them a ticket to watch the movie so when your parents go to watch a movie that means it's a it's a cultural phenomenon yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if they had the same sentiments. I feel like we never really talked about it, but yeah, nah, nah, get out, get out. What? It's remember how we were all dissecting it? Yes, for like months. You could watch it four different times and see different things each time. Yeah, it's it was crazy, but then now people say it aged badly, (laughs) (laughs) and it really breaks my heart. Think about that. That's true. They do say it aged badly. I mean. I don't know what is it art imitates life yeah so no but you know what I think get out did I think it raised our consciousness like collectively yeah I think that was probably the we got all even though let's some I think some people argue that it's not the most intellectual thing in the world Mm -hmm. um but I think it raised our consciousness and especially raised our what it raised the bar for what we want to see like for for black content and black movies and we're all just like we all I feel like we all left that movie like looking for easter eggs in our lives like did you see remember that lady yeah I think eggs in our lives no I I really think it raised it raised our conscience like we all started looking at things with a side eye like am I in a second place I know <laughs> but honestly and I think I I totally agree with what you said now for people who may have commented that maybe it wasn't the most intellectual film or whatever let's not forget movies are still supposed to be entertaining period but I think get out created discussions that was a discussion creating film yes it and we could talk about it for time you know what yes. I'm saying like, the kinds of conversations I had with my friends after that maybe started with the film and then migrated into like our real lives, right? Or like things we see or how we feel or whatever. You know, I can't I can't even count how many conversations we had about that, especially that year. Yeah. And particularly even conversations with like black men. Yes. Yeah. Like talking to them about y'all be in sunken places sometimes yeah. and we just be looking at you because we don't know how to get you out. Yeah, literally. <laughs> get you out of the sunken yes. place but I think I, like you said it's it was a conversation starter for sure it definitely pushed us all forward yeah and I'm sorry if it aged well to uh, um, it didn't age well to some of you but it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely a jewel yeah it's definitely a classic <laughs> yeah and you know the reason we brought him up be- is because he was featured in a- another film called Judas and the Black Messiah that focuses on the Black Panthers and COINTELPRO, which was launched by the FBI to basically dismantle the Black Panthers. Now, I personally haven't watched the movie. I am saving it for a special day because I'm super excited. Damn. So like, I wanna be, you know what I'm saying? Like ultimately prepared. I wanna have my mm-hmm. snacks. Snacks ready. I gotta be there, all mm-hmm. there, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it, but. Um, I've come across uh, some of Daniel's interviews and the one that we're going to be talking about now um, was from The Ringer, specifically Higher Learning with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. Um, and we'll drop a link in our episode notes. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a really good interview. A lot of quotables. 
And I think Emily's going to talk about like some that we're really going to focus on and kind of delve into. Definitely. Um, so apparently there was some kind of interview with Daniel previously where he mentioned that um, he is Daniel who happens to be Black. And as soon as uh, the host said that, he was like, you know what's crazy? That was a part of my interview and whoever put that out cut the rest. Mm-mm. And he said what he actually said was more about why why are Black people constantly being asked about their Blackness and how to dismantle racism. Um, And just to provide a quote, he said, why are you asking someone that loves Black people why people don't like Black people? Mm. (laughs) And that alone is what struck a conversation between Christine and I. Yeah, for sure. That is a, first of all, I've never heard it um, put into words like that. And secondly, it's very true because we are not the, we don't need to talk about it anymore. We live it every single day. We see it in every facet, like literally down to band-aids, like it's all there. So we know what it is. So it's more something that that people that participate in racism need to discuss, Mm -hmm. need to kind of figure out why it's so important to them. And it's not something that Black people need to discuss any further. Like, we understand it. Um, We don't need to teach you. It's not our obligation to teach you. We're not obligated to answer your questions about it either. It's more of something that people that participate in racism, I don't only want to say white people because I think, I know some people say, like, Black people can't be racist. And I do think that, I I don't necessarily think racism is a one race thing. Mm -hmm. I think people participate so if you participate in it, then you're the one that needs to explain yourself. Right. That's what no, I think. For real. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and one thing Daniel said was when he heard how that snippet was cut from the interview and, you know, and then I guess how, I don't know if it went viral per se, but he basically said it made him think more about articulation and specificity of articulation. And in thinking about that, I said, yes, because I, I know how things can get misconstrued. I know how our speech can be taken apart, but I always feel that things are often taken out of context especially when regarding black people so that it fits their narrative yep or you know it's going to be the next trending topic yep or it's going to create a title that gets people views yep I agree what I loved so much about this interview was that Daniel to me seems just very like real he was just like yo like he said what needed to be said and I think it's so fitting for this time because during quarantine, as we still saw Black people quite literally getting killed for no reason, right? And let's, let's, let's break this down a little bit further. In 2020, towards the very beginning of the year, COVID-19 came about. And it's wiped out masses of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to negate But we that. hit the, the half a million mark today, by the way. That's insane. Yeah. That's absolutely insane. 500,000 people mm-hmm. have lost their lives. Okay. And in the midst of that time, what did we see? We saw lives change drastically. We saw school shootings become non-existent. 
Yes, right? that's so true. Shootings in public places became almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. Violence, of course, never stopped. But the way these mass violence episodes were occurring drastically changed. Um, we saw people change their ways of life, but we still saw a ridiculously high number of Black people getting killed by police officers and others who were not doing anything wrong. Yep. Still. Which means that racism and prejudice and discrimination still thrive even when people aren't. Yeah. Wow. Preach. Isn't that crazy? Word. Um, And during that time, I think because of quarantine, people were forced to sit and reckon with the realities that many people face. Yeah. And in that time, a lot of them were turning to the Black people in their lives to kind of be like, well, educate me. And that's where we saw a lot, a lot of posts about like, it's not up to me as a Black person to educate you about my Black experience. Read a book. Read a book. So many out there. You know, all different kinds of black experiences from books. They're all there. Every last one. Every last one. Yeah. Go outside. Watch the interactions between your white neighbors and your black neighbors. Yeah. Go do you to the have any black neighbors? Exactly. Where do you live? Yeah. Have you ever even been in class with black people? Have you even been inside of a black person's house? Yeah. Or another personal safe space? Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched a news story unfold without casting judgment to the person that's involved based on the color of their skin? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not new. These issues aren't new. They've existed, unfortunately, since the beginning of time, especially since the beginning of this country's time, because it was built on Black people's backs. Yep. Literally, not even figuratively you know? Yeah. And so the fact that a lot of people try to put the, the onus onto Black people is beyond me. How can you create a problem and task those dealing with the problem with solving the problem? Yeah. When you haven't put them in the spaces to help solve the problem. When you are, yeah, when you are actually, you are the problem. You are the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and so overall, it just, it really, it really made me think a lot about, you know, my experience here. I haven't really ever been asked, like, what is life like for you as mm-hmm. a Black woman from non-Black people? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like, what my response would be. What about you? I don't know what my response would be either. I think it's really hard to to kind of quantify. I know the closest I've gotten to that was like I was leaving a job one time. I don't know if I've ever said this on podcast, but I was leaving a job and I did my exit interview and there were just so many like microaggressions at that particular wow. job that I just kind of was like, hey, guys, I want you to understand that for a black nurse in this place of work, there's a lot of things that are strange like happening. And I think that was the first time that I ever put what I was experiencing into words. A lot of times we just do, we just go, we just get through it. Like we get through everything. We Mm -hmm. don't talk about it. Like you said, no one asks. 
we just get through like we just try our best to navigate the world that is not a country that's not really made for us at all like we're constantly feeling like visitors here and yeah although I'm a child of immigrants there are black people that are not visitors like you are American so to constantly feel like a visitor to constantly have to placate other people's needs and and comfort Mm -hmm. is hard and like you like that question you raised it's a hard it's a really hard one to put into words I don't know how I would how I would answer that it's definitely something that I would have to think about because there's so many things that encompass the black experience right there's so much like there's so much and I think each of the initiatives um, all of the things that have been done every time someone makes a movie even the Black Panther movie um Jude, what is it called Judah Judas and the Black Messiah Judas and the Black Messiah like every movie like that highlights a time period every movie that um Queen and Slim for instance or mm-hmm. even Get Out like that's stuff that although it's it's created in a fantastical way not necessarily Judas and the Black Messiah I'm sure there's some embellishments because it's a movie but things like that help others to understand a little bit about the Black experience, um, to understand things that are in our consciousness, Mm -hmm. to get a better view of things. I feel like those are the things that, although I can't necessarily explain, I'm glad that we have people, artists, writers, you know, even us, like, I guess we're doing it now, like documenting what it feels like to be Black in mediums yeah that's a great point yeah and I think for me it it would also even depend on the audience right because I think one time at my job I've had I had a conversation with someone I don't actually think he's American but I never asked him where he's from just he has like a slight accent that is like somewhere from the UK I think Mm -hmm. I should know because I'm kind of in love <laughs> that's neither here nor there <laughs> we'll get to that later um but <laughs> he we were talking one morning before a meeting and he we that was the first time I've ever confronted like what was going on directly I think that was the week of the insurrection mm. and so I had told him like honestly like yo it's been tough like do you know what we went through all of last year on top of what we were all going through collectively all of last year yeah and I was like as a black woman I just had to bear it and take it while I'm working while you're working while I'm working and With- the reality is racism is quite stressful In addition to all the other disparities and health equity issues that exist in this country and in the world, racism is a killer. Man, I'm telling you. I think that's part of the reason why last year we all felt so drained. Right. I think it had a big big role to play because we are in the middle of a pandemic that we've never seen before. And I pray we will never see again. And then we're dealing with the ongoing issue of racism. And the and the the white people are like, wow. Yeah. They're feeling enlightened. They're feeling empowered to stand up and chant Black Lives Matter, which is great. I'm glad we've we've the situation created new allies. Mm-hmm. But bro, yeah, we've been dealing with this. And that's the thing, like just because it's new to you, it's not new. Exactly. It's not new. We've been dealing with this. We've our parents have been dealing with this. Yes. We, parents, parents have been dealing with this. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, I appreciate that you guys are woke now, but 
also acknowledge the struggle because it is a struggle literally for your whole life your parents whole lives like it's so crazy um and that kind of leads to this other aspect that I want to talk about um particularly with Daniel tying into these black stories that are being told so in a different interview um on the breakfast club Charlemagne brought this up to Daniel and said that some people are upset by a British black person playing a historical American black figure. And he asked Daniel, well, what are your thoughts about this? And I loved his response, right? He said, you know, let's talk about it because black people historically have been ignored. So I want to listen to their thoughts. You know, why do you feel this way? And can we actually reach a solution? I love that that so much. I loved it so much. And it was interesting, of course, because many of the comments were saying like, well, that's, that's true, but black people have been playing Africans for years. They sure accents and stuff have, they sure have with some horrible accents. Yes. Very. Yes. 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 I'm sure we're all just thinking of different things. I never even saw, what's the movie with um, Will Smith where he played the doctor? Oh, I never watched that crap, but I know he played that. And how many? So you couldn't call Chiwetel a JU4? You couldn't call Uncle, um, what's that uncle that's in? um, That plays Martin Luther King Jr. uh Uh-huh. That uncle you couldn't call, I forget his name, but he's a great actor. You couldn't call, I mean, Nollywood has a plethora of people that you could call that are actors. I'm sure that you can give them the sc- a script and they can do it. Like you picked Will Smith and you had him like, no. You could have had the real doctor be himself. The doctor could have, the doctor's son, somebody. Somebody. Like, like that was horrible. Yeah, that, that's such a good point. Like they do do that all the time up until recently that they, yeah, they're trying like, to kind of real. make it, make things better. That's what I'm afraid to see coming to America. Yeah, because because I will say, you know, I don't want to speak badly or negatively about Black Panther because it really, it was a unifying film and, you know, Chadwick Boseman is an A1, you know, was an A1 actor and he was the but the reality is that you have people faking accents. I mean, technically British people are faking their American accents, but I feel like that's way less, not hard or difficult, but it's different than someone faking an African accent because they're they're working to sound like what they've heard in this life, which oftentimes may not be from real, I don't want to say real Africans, but I mean like people that were born. Well, here's what I think about that. I think that um, English accent, American accent are both uh, we're both colonized by the British, right? They have Facts. a certain, I mean, uh, there's African countries that are also called like Nigeria is colonized right. by the British, but it's a Western, it's a Western uh, accent. Yes. Um, it's something like, I feel like they're sisters in a way, like it's a Western yeah. accent. The, and they, and these actors work hard to get yeah. that American accent. It's not a joke. Like they take it serious. That's what to say. They really work in. They work hard. Film? Uh, like that's a that's that's not a joke. It's not a joke. Yeah. And so for I don't see anyone taking the time 
to learn an African accent the way they're learning an American accent. I haven't mm-hmm. heard anyone that their African accent is so A1, like that you can tell you really worked hard on that. Yeah. So that's, that's my pr- issue with that. I think that yeah. there needs to, people, it, African accents, which is like, this is a bit off topic, but African accents are not a joke. Like they're yeah. the way people and talk. Also, they're not all... I guess monolithic. They don't right. There's West African. There's South yeah. African. Yep. There's East African. Central. There's North African. There's Central African. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna West African accents. We have a lot of similarities across the countries for mm-hmm. sure. But you you can tell usually who's who. Everyone yeah. has a different accent. The way they pronounce certain things. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, and even with this too, one thing I started to really think about was this idea that. Black people aren't all the same. Nope. Um, and in general, in addition to like Black stories that are being told, I think society tries to take the actions, beliefs, values, and whatever of one Black person and ascribe that to all Black people. Mm-hmm. And so they have the issue when people it's like are different. And we see that. Because what happens is when we see these different kinds of Black stories being told about different facets of life or like different activities, like I think there's a show on HBO about um, like Black skateboarders or something. Mm. I know there's the show with, I'm totally blanking on her name, but I think in the show, she touches on like sexual assault. I'm blanking. Oh, um, it's with um, um, Michaela. Yes. Yeah, I forget. I forget the name of that show. I didn't oh, even get to watch it because I don't have HBO money. Me neither, girl. Me um, neither. let me find her name. Yeah, that that is a really good show because I've and seen snippets of it. Is it? I'm keep thinking. I of may destroy you. I may destroy you. Yeah. Yes, and the thing is, a lot of people were upset. Because it's a great show, though I've personally never watched. And I, I just haven't because I don't, I don't have HBO. But um, <laughs> um, it seems like a lot of people were upset because instead of that show getting the awards and the recognition that it deserves, this show, I think, called Emily in Paris on Netflix got which all I, Which I did watch. Uh, I don't have HBO money. I, w- I wish uh, I did. But now, Emily in Paris was kind of cute. It, just oh, really? wasn't, it wasn't a feat of a, right. an extraordinary work. It was yeah. it was a it was a um, eating a bowl of cereal before I go to bed. Yeah, show. Sure. it wasn't thought provoking. I didn't yeah. watch it either. And people really were comparing to the two. Like it's so crazy that Michaela's show didn't get the recognition it deserves. Meanwhile, a lot of people were watching Emily in Paris and they didn't like it, but because they they were watching it, I guess it sent the viewership up and that show got awards that they feel it doesn't deserve. It sh- I wish I could compare the two accurately because I didn't watch I May Destroy yeah. You, but based on the subject matter, yeah, I can tell you that um, now. <laughs> actors involved too, no. like, yeah. yeah. No, that's not. And even Emily in Paris had a lot of shortcomings. So I'm confused as to where they, um, how they created that. I'm like, it's so crazy. How they give that award? I don't know. And that's the thing. I feel like a lot of times what happens is when content is created by white creators, it's for everyone. Yeah. And we, we just have to like it, right? And it's like, whoa, you didn't watch this movie or this movie? And it's like a lot of people grew up not watching certain films like mm-hmm. 
That's just the reality versus these films created by Black people or primarily that primarily include Black people are often deemed as Black films and don't yeah. get the they deserve. It's so true. It's so true. I think that's big because I grew up not watching a lot of quote unquote Black films. Mm-hmm. Like I just started get, catching up on stuff. Like there's even movies I, I will not say I haven't watched because it's embarrassing. Love so, John. Witty Justice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely love Jones. Is like one of my favorite movies. I did watch. But there's, Jones. I don't know if you watched Poetic Justice. I just recently. I think I watched Poetic Justice last year. To be honest with you, um, but the thing, and it's very true. I feel like the the fact that mainstream movies are mostly white. Yep. So, and our palettes are. What's the, we 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 see things through a westernized lens and a westernized lens is usually a white lens so yeah. our our palette is white you yeah. know is based upon white people like even for us to call black movies black movies you know that's how we really do see them yeah because uh, emily in paris is is for everybody it's for you know what i mean like it's yeah. not tailored to us but we watch yeah. it some of the things we watched as kids like they're yeah. not tailored to us but we we soak it all up so yeah. It's 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 interesting. And I think the whole Black Brit playing a white, pl- sorry, Black Brit playing an American person, mm-hmm. um, I understand, I do understand the questions about it and I understand the concerns because honestly, there are Black American actors that could right. play. I mean, I don't know how they make these decisions. Right. I'm not sure. But Daniel Kaluuya is a hot name and he will bring viewers to yeah. the movie. But then again, yeah, if he was never cool. cast... Huh? He's also great. Oh, it's he's not like amazing. He's a terrible actor oh no, either. he's a, probably one of the actors of him and Lakeith Stanfield and Ooh. um. And Lakeith Stanfield is so slept on. He's so slept on, but he's so good. Good. He's so good. He's very good. So I'm just wondering. I don't know. Again, I don't know how they really make these decisions. I'm really not sure mm-hmm. why they always cast the um the Black Brits. I don't know if there's like a technicality that they have <laughs> that um they feel black. I, mean, I don't know what that is, but. I and I but I understand the concern oh, at the same time. I feel like as black people, we have to understand that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Like there shouldn't be a delineation, I think. I feel like we mm-hmm. should just all understand that we're in this together. We're all black and yeah. the black experience in every place is not an easy one. Yeah. And yeah, I think we should true. focus on unifying and teaching each other. Not if if Daniel Kaluuya gets a movie he's op- also opening doors for another black guy to get more movies too. That's you know what I mean? Of course he's not from America, but you know, he's opening doors regardless. So I just feel like we need to unify and lift each other. And as opposed to like making all these delineations, like, Oh, you're British and you're, you're from not, here. you're from, you're yeah. African, you're from the Caribbean. Like, you know, like yeah. we're all the same people and we literally came from the same place. Yeah. I literally, agree. quite literally came from like, yeah, it was quite, you know, actually. so yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting discussion. It is overall. I think when we talk about blackness and, and what it means to be black and how within our black groups, right. There are differences. There's differences in opinions There's differences in experience too. Mm-hmm. Overall, we can attest to the fact that racism and discrimination and prejudice exists. That's not a, uh, that's not a, a little known fact. That's the right. reality. That's fact. That's but reality. But within that, everyone has different experiences. Yep. Um, that's okay. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. It's fine. 
you know, like it just is what it is. We're all human. Um, in that in that light, we're gonna move on to our next kind of su- subject, which kind of ties in just because black culture is very interesting mm-hmm. to people in general. It's very it's everyone loves to watch uh, everyone loves to watch our movies and listen to our our music yep. and enjoy our music. And now, of course, it's Black History Month, so our our black great historical figures are on display at this point. So we're really not not more than usual, but I feel in Black History Month, there's a big point made to highlight, of course, yeah. people that are doing it in the industry, people mm-hmm. that have done things during in throughout history. There's a huge push to highlight these things, which is good. Um, that's what we want. Mm-hmm. Although Black History Month should be year long, we should mm-hmm. always highlight Black history because Black history is American history. It's the history of the world. American history. Yeah, big, big time. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. this country is built, was built on slavery as an institution. It wouldn't have become what it is today without the free labor that they, um, the free labor system that they created. So yeah, Black History Month is of course important but we also want to look at how Black History Month has been commodified. Yeah. And as they said in an article that I read, they actually said it's been corporatized. It's become very mechanical. And every brand, every large retailer is putting out merch lines um, or other kind of incentive or initiatives to celebrate Black History Month. Yeah. So we really want to dissect that and just kind of discuss whether we see this as a good thing, as a bad thing. Is it is it doing the work it's supposed to do, or is it lazy? Is it sloppily done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. what we want to we really want to delve into in terms of commodifying Black History Month. Yeah, because the question is always like, are you really about it? Um, are you? Are um, you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> for me, it really depends because. It's cool and all that I think there's a focus on this, but the reality is like, yeah, it'd be different if you were highlighting the work you do at your organization this month, especially, but you do this work year round. Yes. So not just a month, uh, you know, the reason Black History Month was originally one week. So yeah, there's that. Yep. And also black, we're always going to be black. We're black every day after February, March, we're still going to be black. So yep. these things kind of have to carry over. You got to see some changes here. Like, <laughs> you know continuity. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There has to be some continuity. Like, you can't be pro-black on in February. And then on, on March 1st, you're back to your same old. And you got lawsuits coming out talking about you discriminating in your practices. Period. So how does that work? How? And Don't even waste your time. At, that's the thing and the reality is okay you're trying to cater to black people to get the black dollar because you know how powerful the black dollar is but let's be real when we search stuff up we still have to add the modifier for black people to the end of it Mm-mm-mm. because the standard is white yeah yeah you know like yeah. We have to, even you can go on companies' pages, especially these like fast fashion retailers. And it's like, where are the black people? Where? Mind you, the clothes are modeled after hip hop, modeled after Tupac on the shirt. Tupac on the shirt, but no black model. Malcolm X on the shirt. Yes. Yes. 
And I can count the black models on your website. Yes. But you know, I was reading something and they were saying that like, they were saying that our historical figures like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, there are certain people like Huey Newton is not not someone they're putting on a shirt and selling at Target. Yep. They'll barely Mm. even put Malcolm X on a shirt and sell them at Target. So they were saying that some of our, um, our black figures, they were, their stories, they were mythified and their stories were kind of skewed to be more corporate, more mm-hmm. palatable, more um, more sellable. And like with yeah. Martin Luther King, for instance, they were saying that they really kind of mythified him and downplayed his how militant he actually was. Yeah. And yes, he was nonviolent, but he had security guards that carried guns. You know what I mean? So it yeah. was like he was like, it's not like he was going to sit there and let you, you know, play a toy with him. Right. Right. So it was like they've taught us in school that he was a little docile thing. Right. Like we were definitely taught that. So things like that are very interesting. Like that brought a lot of thoughts to my mind because I'm like, these are the people. Rosa Parks, for instance. Right. Do we really know much about Rosa Parks apart from the fact that she sat on a bus? Which is big. I totally have forgotten. I think it's Clara Colvin. I can't remember, but a lot of people were never taught that there was actually a woman there was a woman uh, yeah done that before yeah did not want her to be the face of the movement because yep. i think she was like a teen mom she was a teen mom and she was darker claudette colvin i'm pretty sure is her name she was also darker yeah oh we gonna talk about colorism soon yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, and so it's- they they use the people that are palatable to the white right. audience, and that's who they sell to us. Yeah, on a regular basis in commercials and stores. You go to Target, you mm-hmm. go to Macy's, wherever they have. Apple has Apple has a, a Black History Month band. Yeah, which is really quite tacky. It's like, wait, what? And the reality is, I mean, exactly what you said. This is done so much that sometimes in certain situations and circumstances, we as Black people have to do certain things to cater to these populations. And so we do that by making these conscious decisions, such as Rosa Parks instead of Claudette Colvin. Yep. Because it ties into the fact that oftentimes when it comes to Black people, society tries to take the actions of one and use it as a way to kind of define the rest of the population. And so if someone maybe, I don't know, left school early or something or like went to jail before, but they're doing great work now, people are always going to pop up like, but didn't they do this thing? Doesn't that somehow negate their experience or, or, you know, somehow mean they can't contribute right in the same way? It's not as valuable. Yeah. And it, it's horrible that we have to do that. It's very horrible because it's like, that's why I love like the Malcolm X movie. I remember in school when we read, the, they made us read the book. That book is so big. I, I didn't read that, that whole thing, but they made us read, the, read his autobiography. And I feel like it showed his whole story. Mm-hmm. Like from when he was in, he was in, he went to jail. Like from when he was doing things that were less than, fa- less than favorable. He turned his life over to Islam, the love he had for it. Like they show his full story. He's good and bad. He's a human. All humans are imperfect. Nobody's perfect. Dr. King is not perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that makes him all the more relatable. Right. The fact that he wasn't perfect, but the, it, it I feel that the, the this commodification I don't know if that's a word, but I felt it really waters down yeah. our heroes. Yeah. 
And it's up to us, you know, because this our history books are more than likely not created by black people. Yep. And um, McGraw Hill. <laughs> McGraw Hill. Good old McGraw Hill. I don't mm. know who who McGraw or Hill is. I'm saying. But I don't know. Do they still make textbooks? I don't know what the kids are reading these days. I haven't looked at a school textbook. In this years. 1813. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> in like years. Right? Yeah. So I'm just like, the looking at it, it's our responsibility. Like when you grow up, mm-hmm. when you have the chance to fall into the rabbit hole, Right. I think we've all probably had a moment in time where we fell into the, the, oh my God, this is what happened. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I remember when I discovered, when I started reading about Angela Davis, I said, yeah. what, 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 what have I been doing? I remember when I first read a Toni Morrison book, like that's after, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's up to you to, as an adult, as an adult after you, after you graduate high school, most likely, but nowadays the kids are hip earlier Mm-hmm. which I love but Same. you know it's up to you to find your own information and and um because it's not it's not all there you know a yeah, lot of yeah. this is is through a corporate lens um so they can t- sell t-shirts sometimes yeah. and sell know. black suffering and yes. I think overall like yeah I agree with you and the point you said that kids are more aware now mm-hmm. but it must be frustrating to know yeah. all the history and to be in class where they're trying to tell you something different yeah or again, yeah. make it more palatable. Because yeah. what we're seeing is that now people have been running around doing crazy things. I'm pretty sure it's in Utah that there's like a some kind of school district or a school where parents opposed the Black History Month curriculum mm-hmm. and it forced the principal's hand. So now they are able to opt their children out. And I'm just confused because it's like, what what could there possibly be about this history that you don't want your child to know? You what know. Is, but you want them to know everything about the American Revolution and every single president, and you want them to be able to quote this and know who did that and know who all the people are and um, whatever that stone, stone <laughs> set up of Mount, the floor. Mount Rushmore. Thank you kindly because you know I forgot. <laughs> Uh, you want them to know this. You want them to know all the history of this country. You don't want them to know what much about the fact that Native Americans were here and they were killed and tortured and it should be Indigenous People's Day instead of Thanksgiving because that's not really what it was. Period. You don't want them to know how their ancestors were violent. Right. And they sold people. Yes, and destroyed an entire continent, chopped it up. Like, you know, like I remember when we learned about that created division within cultures to the point that people that are all the same Mm -hmm. speak 200 different languages. Yep. Part of that is because of just the gross division that the colonizers created, like just the vast division. So Mm -hmm. it's like they need to these kids, these little white kids need to know that. Because the reality is, again, history repeats itself. Yeah. And there's no reason that me at 12 knows this history and someone else's child at 12 going to the same school as me doesn't. That's ridiculous. And it even brings the point, like that might be, I didn't even know that was possible to be honest. Mm-hmm. Black, the black his, the black segment of the, of the teaching is quite small. It's, I mean, it's about two, the, 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 what is it? What do they used to call it? The lesson's about two weeks. I'm saying. It's a small, it's a small little thing. It, it don't teach you much. Slavery, 
to Martin Luther King is pretty much literally that's it. So you can't learn that. You need to learn. They need to learn that. And it's just like you felt so strongly that you didn't want your child to learn this for what? What's the problem? That's so scary. But you're likely not going around saying you're racist because I can't think of any other issue. That's girl. You know, like what? What else? What else could it be? What could be so bad about history? And just like Christine said, let's not forget Black history is American history. It's American history. They go hand in hand. Literally. They go hand in hand. And I feel like it's important to raise well-rounded people. And I always say that the people, the white people, the Spanish people, the Asian people that I went to high school with, Mm -hmm. I haven't come across no no people like that again. Like those people were the most, some of the most well-rounded people, white people. I'll say specifically, I have never come across no white people like that again. Cause we all, they knew what it, they knew what it was like, because our school was so diverse like they knew what it was or like they understood the differences. They paid attention during the Black History Month portion. Mm-hmm. And I feel that they're better for it. Like I remember because mm-hmm. I, like, I went to my 10 year high school reunion last year oh. and one of my friends from high school said that he he specifically said that his girlfriend went to a school in Texas and mm-hmm. he was just like some of the stuff that she doesn't know to him is just disgusting. Like, he's just like, huh? Like, you don't know that? <laughs> So I'm like, I, he was like, he feels that the, his, the, the place that he grew up, he would rather raise his kids in a place like that. So they yeah. can be as tolerant as he is Yeah. because of what he grew up around. And I'm like, why wouldn't you want your kids to be that way? Right. And the thing is, here's the reality. You don't teach your kids this and your kids are the ones that are growing up creating all these microaggressions, touching yes. people's hair and personal property, making comments about people's food. Um, I mean, it's 2021 and last year we're just now seeing laws that are banning the other laws that would allow companies to discriminate against for hair based on their hair. When we've seen people with piercings through their face, hair crazy, come to work, hair wet. Coming to hair work with hair dry. wet. Coming to work and school with hair with wet hair. You know what I'm saying? But I can't wear braids. But you can have wet hair and drip everywhere. Have the hair dyed blue, orange, purple, green, whatever. But I can't have locks. There has to be intense. Like there's so many directions you can take it in. Yeah. There just has to be some like intense overhaul. Mm -hmm. Intense overhaul. Because I'm even thinking about like the over sexualization of like black women and their bodies and dress codes, for instance. Like if I wear something, it doesn't look as quote on. It it looks like it why does i my why do i value evolve why ugh, why do i violate the dress code and right. and patty mayonnaise doesn't like yeah. why you know what i mean so it's just even in high school like i remember in high school that we were always they were like well, that's too short but meanwhile volleyball team over around here. here with the booty shorts out yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very confusing. it's confusing so it's just like this stuff has to be taught yeah um people have to understand it of course, the corporations make it more accessible to everyone. Yeah. I'm pretty sure walking in Target and seeing the Black History Month initiative that they have. The yeah, yeah the, it's very beautiful this year. La, the, in, in earlier years when they first started it, started it was a little corny, but I think they did a lot better. I will say I actually purchased items because they were made by Black creators. Mm, I love it. So, yeah. And that's, you know, it, it's, it's also interesting because the other purpose of, you know, this discussion that Christine and I are having is 
let's let's really be real about it. How many of these companies are actively committing themselves to diversifying their organization from the top down? Period. Who's sitting at these tables when these decisions are being made and who's creating these products and how are they being chosen? Because I don't know for sure, but I feel like anything Black History Month, a Black person just should be doing that for you at, at your company, period. And if you don't have one, you probably need to hire someone because you can't do it justice. You can't. You can't do it justice. So I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to pretend that I know that everyone's not doing that, but they definitely should be doing that. Definitely. They definitely should, because it's true. How do we? And there was a huge push last year during the the protests that arised, where everyone was like, "We vow to hire ten black creatives this month." We vow. I'm crying because I'm pretty sure those are the exact, literally exact words that were used in posts. Literally, to commit to the black community that we love so much Mm. to hire. 64 black creatives. 64 black creatives. <laughs> we will. We commit we... ourselves to the struggle against racism. I hope you guys are still committed. All lives can't matter until black lives matter <laughs> in solidarity. Everybody and their baby moms, everyone go to at the top, along the top, COVID 19 guidelines are underneath it. Our commitment to preserving black creatives. Yes. Yes. And I'm Look like, when plan here. we don't, I don't want to read it actually. I don't want to read it, but I want to see it, but I want to see it. Thank you. you. I'm not reading that. I want to see who's at the table. Send me, yeah. Pick. Send me a pic. Post a pic of who you hired. How about that? Post a pic of who you hired. We don't care about all those words. Post a pic. And you know what? I wish I had that TikTok music right now. If I can find it, I'm oh. going to it. <laughs> Yeah, that put that TikTok, that, that TikTok I'm music. Look for it so badly. That is, we need it. We need it. Like we need it. If you're committed, be committed. The, the black struggle isn't easy, so your commitment is not going to be easy either. This shit isn't. This shit is real. So you got to show us that you're really here. So posting, uh, selling a shirt with Martin Luther King on it is not enough. Mm. It isn't, and that's mm. really. And oh, and before we we move on I did want to say that um this article that I read um this quote by Randall White he said something to the nature of um what you have every February is people profiting and making money off of black pain black history black suffering which to me is quite unfortunate it can be education but it's mostly about making money and I don't think that the right that's the right way to go about celebrating African-American history which is filled with pain and oppression as well as resistance. Mm. I love that because it's like the the thing that they glorify, mm-hmm. it's struggle. Like these people were created out of struggle. These people were glorified because of the way they handled struggle. So I love the fact that people like Target are highlighting black creatives that is making that are making work that's not necessarily based on civil rights, but it's highlighting black life, yeah. black creative, the black aesthetic. Um, I was looking at Revolve, which is a notoriously white site, mm-hmm. and they have a um, black, like they highlighted black designers this mm-hmm. month. With what month, which they that website is so white, yeah. And I loved it that they did that, but it was a very it was kind of half-assed to me. Very mm-hmm. small selection of clothes, 
Nigerian designer Andrea Iyama was featured on the site, which I, I really mm-hmm. love her stuff. But one thing it made me think about is just like it's it's there's so much beautiful like there's pyre mar moss, there's yeah. the Telfar, like Telfar. There's so many beautiful like black brands now that these companies have the pick of the litter. They could pick so many people to collaborate with. Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. Okay. I went on to Revolve just now. Mm-hmm. Because Christine brought it up. Mm-hmm. And Andrea Iyama, I'm very confused because these are white models yeah. in all of her swimsuits. And I have never seen these people on her page. She uses black models. She uses black models. That, so that, this is odd. That site is a crazy... I don't know, man. That site is crazy, man. What? Yeah. I saw that too. I said, huh? Huh? I tried, but y'all didn't try it hard enough because you couldn't even put a black model in the You couldn't even get post. black people? Just take the pictures from her website for your day oh, for Pete's sake. Wow, I would yo, mm-hmm. I'm sick. Oh, look at the whole site. The site is what? so white. It's such a white site. I don't know what I don't know what that's about. It's it gives There's very no, California Valley Malibu. There's like a tan girl and a light-skinned black girl, and all the rest of them are white. And my thing is, you're literally talking about black brands and you don't even have black people in the in the in in the in the in the site, the black people, the only black people are the are on the the highlight that they put on the front page about Black History. Yep, Black History Month. That's the only black people on that site. I haven't. I don't come across many black models on that site. Mm. I'm gonna be completely honest, and that is exactly what we were talking I'm about. Still looking, bro. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. Don't half-ass it. Like, don't just don't do it at all because we don't need it. We really don't. And we don't need it. Thing, like. Because if we're being real, just like what you said and just like Randall White's quote, what exactly are you celebrating with Black History Month when you're commodifying it? Because the reality is, what can you celebrate if not the true and authentic nature and essence of Black people? Yeah. How do you capture that effectively without addressing the inequities and the issues that persist today? Hmm. What do you do? Real change starts from within. So yeah. let, let's start there. Yep. And let's see it. Let's see it. Don't even, don't give us this year in Black History Month, we're trying to highlight Black, don't do it. Right. Sprinkle some Black ladies in the, in the that, that's Listen. really going to be more impactful. That's the reality. I'm going to check the Revolve site next week and see if this is even still there. Highlight Black brands on the actual website every day. Regularly. It's, Regularly. It's, like, it's like, why is it a thing for you to put a Black brand now? Were these brands not there before? That's a problem. It's, disgu- it's It's actually disgusting. Like, What piqued your interest now? They've been good since they, you know, like for, for a long time. Yeah, you've been treated. You don't want to get dragged is what it is. You don't right. want to get dragged because people the internet is real and if you are not doing the work people will call you out and a lot of these people do not want to get dragged and you are still going to get dragged yeah you're still going to get dragged someone is going to see you for who you really are as a company and you will get dragged so do it right the first time yeah do it right the first time or do it right next year but these little little things that you guys are doing no it's not it's not hitting Mm -mm. yeah in line with what we've just been talking about, just wanted to bring up a quick example of how these companies are trying to do that whole progressive thing <laughs> and it's backfiring. Um, the Bachelor. Time. The Bachelor has the first Black 
bachelor, Matt James, who's actually biracial. He is half white and half black. And just and as he won't let us forget it. Listen, it's so funny. Jesse Wu always says, she's like, he'd be like, I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he has a chance, which is so funny to me. Um, but just as we all would have expected, this uh, this season has been filled with racism. There's a woman on there who has been accused of going to plantation parties during college. Plantation part? What is that? What is that? Who would? Why would you celebrate? That, that? is so southern. Is that? It's if you're so anyone crazy. southern, tell us. Is that normal? Please let us know because I ain't never heard of that. What is that? She's worn blackface. Her friends or ex friends or something came out and said she would make comments in front of them because they're dating black people all this just wild stuff right all this is coming out just as we would expect because that's the reality of unfortunately this life and then the host was on an uh, a podcast on an interview with the first black female bachelorette and he was defending this woman talking about oh when she was in college doing this no one was as woke you know we're just becoming aware of these issues now that about suffice to say that man had to resign you dummy like just it ties into what we've been saying just because you were not paying attention to an issue does not mean this did not exist it doesn't mean it doesn't exist how dare you minimize the black experience you have someone that went to a whole plantation party plantations where slaves were tortured and forced to do labor Labor. and not have lives not live lives they literally were like zombies and you're 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 bringing like making light of that kind of situation what is what party are you having on a plantation thank you what is party what gives you party vibes party vibes And even then, this idea of constantly dealing with white women tears, even though it wasn't even her defending herself. It was it was the host of a show that she's on making comments about her. But the thing is, privilege is that. I think we should have we have to have a whole episode about not white privilege, but like white woman privilege. Yes. Because why are you defending that? Why are you defending that? And why is she getting your benefit of the doubt? Why? And why is she on a show to date the first Black Bachelor? Why? Why was she not vetted appropriately? Period. What is that? That is disgusting. It's just so many things. And it's just like, once again, people try to do something and they don't do it well. And it's executed poorly. If you're going to commit yourself to change, commit yourself to change. Again, from the inside out. From the inside out. And honestly, to tell you the complete, the hard truth, if you're going to call someone the first black bachelor, make them, he's black, but his his genes are really giving him away. I know I'm half black, I'm half, I'm half white. I understand that, but you're black, honey. Um, Phenotypically, you're giving black. We wouldn't know that you were mixed if you didn't tell us. But I feel that they need to actually vet people before putting them on these kinds of show make sure that this person is an equal opportunity dater because mr james is not yep Yep. he likes what he likes because he keeps on telling us that he likes what he likes and it's not i don't think it's a black people or black women that he likes that he wants to date so if you're calling it the the first black bachelor that's someone that actually wants to date equally yeah and gives everyone a chance and give the black women on the show an actual chance. An actual chance. An actual fair chance. And a fair chance. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's like, it's so crazy. Because it was just like, what even is this? 
what is it it's so disgusting like it's weird like you're calling it the first black bachelor but he doesn't like black women is it so bad for us to see two black people fall in love on national tv is it is it so scary because the reality is this I don't believe the black, the Bachelor was made for people that look like me. It has it's never not. been a show that I viewed as one that would really bring me joy and entertainment. Nope. It's not one where I've ever seen two black people fall in love and have a healthy relationship. Period. The show, whatever that show was, that was super popular last year with Cameron and Lauren. Oh, um, um, love it. What is it? That scene love show. Blind? Love is blind. Know? Yeah. Um, they're a cute couple, but again, another interracial couple. Another couple interracial couple. Saw, listen, and I'm not saying there's a problem with that. I'm no, just saying not. look at who's popular. We can't oh, see black love. There. We can't see black love. I don't think they want there's there's a block on that. Like I don't it, think they want us to see that. Yeah, and I think it's really strange. unless it's toxic. Unless it's because remember when like the boy was talking about the lady, the lady on Love is Blind when her wig was her wig was lifting. Yeah, and I was about to say it's so crazy because the two to me, the two super popular couples were the two the black couple that obviously mm-hmm. didn't work out because the man was like toxic and disgusting, very toxic, um, and rude. And this couple that did work out and have now gotten a lot of notoriety from the show that's interracial. The other couple was they were both black. And I think I feel like the only time they want us to see black love, like you said, is love and hip hop. Yep. Um, flavor of love. Black creators involved. So I'm just like, we can't let we can't see a woman, a black woman and a black man fall in love romantically. Mm -hmm. Like The Bachelor is a very romantic show. Like we don't get to see a black lady get picked by a black man and she get to experience all the things that and actually it'd be good without no comments or anything about because I feel like that's the kind of the kind of energy that would be given to that the show at that time would be very negative like why are you there I don't think it would work not all white people but I'm sure there are some that would be writing in talking about why are you doing this why would you show us this like you don't want to see not diverse now yeah You know what I'm saying? Just yeah, like people were upset about Ariel being black, and but Halle Bailey being cast as Ariel. I can't wait to revel in that when that comes out. Something. I will enjoy it. I sure will. And yeah. just I know y'all, we have talked a lot about a lot. I just also wanted to mention the fact that Brandy's Cinderella is now officially on Disney Plus. To see the response of people, to see people commenting about how back in the 90s when they this came out, they felt seen and appreciated because it was the first time they had seen a Black princess. Or even an Asian prince. An Asian prince. And the casting that was done in that movie is called Blind Casting. Love it. Love which is why, is. you know, they were all like different races. But you're talking about Brandy, a powerhouse as Cinderella. And Whitney Houston, another powerhouse as her fairy godmother. That movie is literally my childhood. Right. Like that movie, I'm going to watch that again. Yeah. But that movie is my, like, I could, I don't think there's a more important movie in my childhood. I agree. I don't think so. And I don't feel like I really, I probably did watch it and I didn't realize when I was young. Because I think it came out in 97. I would have been like three. But I, of course, have watched it as an adult because I was like, I need to know. You oh know what I mean? Oh my gosh. That and movie? It's crazy. 
that movie right there hmm, they got to do that again like I, I don't know why it's so and we probably have another episode talk touching on this I don't know why black women can't be seen as princesses why yeah. they can't be seen, seen as soft on it's TV. always a thing yeah like, like what is that problem a problem like why can't a black woman be showered with gifts on national television like why can't a black woman be a princess why is that why did princess have healthy I like love healthy love why i know princess and the frog is cute but why does she have to start why does she have to work yeah, so hard start with it, right why does she have to work so hard like what yeah. the heck is that? like i think that all these things as we talk and as we consume different information like it's hard to come to come to rec- come to a reckoning with these with mm-hmm. these concepts to realize that I'm I, you can't even enjoy The Bachelor, which is supposed to be light TV. You can't even enjoy it without looking staring in the face of someone that goes to a plantation party, a party on a plantation. Like what kind of traumatic stress is that? For, you're just trying to watch The Bachelor and enjoy it and enjoy yourself. Watch you a little romance on TV. Little and you have to look at a racist in the face. Uh-huh. Mm. insert long teeth suck there because my two my my um i don't know what it's called but my kmt kiss my teeth is not the longest i'm working on it <laughs> yeah i got too many gaps. i think it's a lot of air coming through <laughs> our last thing we wanted to touch on is just the rise of the karens because the karens they've been mm. year last year i'm telling you they still mm. here they're still here in 2021, but they had a good, they had a, them a good year. Mm-hmm. And the most infamous, I was reading a lot about how the whole Karen thing came up mm-hmm. and it really originated from a meme or I don't know. Some people say meme, but I say meme. Don't nobody say meme. That's a people lie. People say meme. Nobody I've ever spoken to or heard has ever said they. People say meme too. Don't nobody need to be saying meme. Well, we all know it's meme. Well, whatever. So <laughs> it originates from a meme. And um, during the protests or last year when quarantine started, um, the article really highlighted the fact that we were basically all sitting around and these videos were popping up mm-hmm. and white women were really forced to to stare themselves in the face. And um, I really kind of wanted to discuss the fact that, of course, this whole Karen thing is funny, but it's actually very violent. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a real fear. Mm-hmm. Like I am afraid of people like this. Like I know mm-hmm. that my life can be altered because of women like mm-hmm. this. And um, it's it's funny, but it's really not funny. And yeah. I and I always want to make sure that although we laugh at those videos of them going ballistic over mm-hmm. the smallest of issues or or them being inherently racist, yeah. I want us to understand. And I also want white people to understand that that shit isn't funny at all. It's um, really it brings shivers down. Like it's scary yeah. the fact that you can be walking your dog in a park yeah. and someone verbally attacks you and creates yeah. discourse within you because they are cra- they're crazy. Yeah, and they're racist. crazy. And one of the most I mean, I don't this is obviously not the original Karen, but the woman who got Emmett's home murdered. Yeah. Later came out and said she lied about everything. Yeah, she did. It's that. That's a that's a Karen. That's a Karen. That's a Karen. And it's it's a deep issue. It is. Um, it's a deep subject that we maybe will go into in another episode because there's a yeah. lot of like research done on the protection of white women, the fact that they always have to call someone yeah. to help them. And if you really look at it, like us as black women, who do we have to call? We just try to take care of shit. 
Like when it happens. So it's like they bring other people into their their drama. Mm -hmm. They create a lot of issues. I'm not saying all white women. I'm saying particularly this brand of Karen. (laughs) Um, Because I know there's a lot of white queens out there and we love you. But this particular brand of person is a is it's it's is a very dangerous is weapon is a weapon. Like it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous and has claimed the lives of many people. Many black Mm -hmm. men have died because of this type of person. Right. It's not really, it's it's funny, but it's not really funny. It's not, yeah. Understand where it comes from. It's actually quite dangerous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And problematic. Yeah. Very, VV problematic. It's crazy. I think this is a great, great episode, y'all. I hope that you learned some things. And, you know, we always hope that when you listen, it's causing you to have certain ideas and, you know, encouraging you to then have certain discussions. And as always, you know, the vibes, drop us a little comment on IG. <laughs> I'm saying the in progress underscore pa, you know what it is. <laughs> it is up via Gmail at CE in progress. You know what it is. In the famous words of Vico, if you are Nigerian and know who Vico is, he has a song called Talk to Me. And it goes, talk to me, Ona. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So talk to us. <laughs> no, literally look that up. It's so funny. <laughs> you know. We love you guys. We do, we do. Happy Black History Month. In solidarity. Yes. Do something fun and melanated. And melanated. Wear a little mustard yellow outside when it's yes. So see you glow. Put on a little shea butter. Shea butter, lather yourself. Lather yourself. Oil, juices, and berries. Go outside and have some chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles. Oh my goodness. Yeah, enjoy you a black a black life. Have a beautiful black life. <laughs> life while you mind your black owned business. I mind your black owned business every day. Every day. <laughs> Good job, y'all. Bye, guys. <laughs>